Tilela, Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Makwe Fund Managers, helps us to do that tonight. Makwe, what's AJ Brood? Good evening to your listeners. Ah, Makwe. Makwe, I want us to start off at the guys who gave us il- il- what many people in the Eastern Cape called Ilistialosis. I don't know if you remember what that is. Ilistialosis. Um, <laughs> but hey they put out their numbers um yeah cost inflation certainly weighing heavily on them revenue top line revenue up uh but it does seem i guess um not much by way of a recovery but they continue to declare a dividend and uh, what's this now about a share buyback program you know i think a share buyback is a nice way in my opinion to reward your long-term shareholders because as you will know, they buy back those shares mm. and then they cancel them. So it means you've got very few shareholders who will be sharing on the profits of the company going forward. Unlike just paying a dividend, dividend. So you've got 100 shareholders, then maybe you buy 10% thereof, then you'll end up maybe with uh, 90 shareholders sharing the very same profits. So it's mm. a nice way to reward your long-term investors. But yes, the guys, unfortunately, the conditions have not been easy for them. I mean, we have to accept that we know that the volume declines when it comes to bakeries, that strike that they had in their snack and treats, and the poor performance of these businesses, unfortunately, was compounded by the challenges relating to the procurement of certain key raw materials, ingredients. Guys, we know how bad it is mm-hmm. when it comes to supply chain issues. Packaging, we know issues about that. And the guys, unfortunately could not pass through those increases. That is the inability to effect sufficient price increases to offset those uh, unexpected cost pushes. So it was just too bad for them. And even if the second quarter they tried to do okay, but that was very insufficient to negate the poor start of the year. Mm-hmm. And and I guess when we look at the different segments that they have, I mean, these guys are in milling and baking and probably a wide array of what one might find in the pantry of uh, a typical South African home. How have those, uh, I guess, categories performed? And, and what does that tell us about, you know, the state of play insofar as uh, consumers are concerned and uh, I guess the um, consumptive mood of South African households? I guess consumers are still under strain. I mean, just look, number one, at the price inflation sitting at 3%. Whether you want to compare that with a CPI or a mm. foot inflation, which is sitting at 6.2%, so that, that tells you that for them to be able to contain the market share, they are not at liberty to increase prices because consumers, as they're struggling, then they'll start shopping around for cheaper stuff. And the volume growth in their exports and international was offset by volume declines when it comes to the domestic business. And because of those milling and baking, snacks and treats, as well as their home and personal care. So the guys were probably I mean, mainly affected across and the volume declines were somehow offset by that strong volume recovery in their out-of-home and good performance in your rice, beverages, and grocery. So yes, going forward, we hope that their strategy will pay off and they'll be able to continue their cost mm. savings. And then the supply chain efficiencies have been accelerated and are delivering ahead of plan. So yes, going forward, that's all we can hope for. Look at the gross margin compression. I mean, from 30.6 to 29.2. Hmm. It just shows you that the guys are under strength. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's shift away from that one, Makwe, and uh, take a look at some of the other interesting data came out of AXA. And I, and I, I wonder, I mean, how frequently they put out these numbers because, I mean, it's quite interesting now because of what has happened to the aviation sector as a result of uh, COVID-19 and the restrictions on air travel and all of that. Uh, but it seems some of the smaller, more regional airports are uh, recovering somewhat. Of course, we know which ones. I mean, uh, it's the ones mm-hmm. that go to the nice parts of um, you know, the Republic of the Western Cape. Mm-hmm. I must say, I didn't see Mtata there, so, so that's why I'm being a bit spicy. Um, but it does seem <laughs> that I guess a lot of the regional airports are recovering. And uh, yeah, George, they're blowing the lights out and uh, getting more arrivals than what they had just prior to the onset of... Uh, the pandemic and the lockdowns. Yeah, and if you look at George, I mean, it's up more than 1% of activity recorded during the same period in 2019. Bloomfontein, you know, recovered to almost 83. Mm. But you look at the big guys, you know, you are Tambo, only recovered to 59% of the levels before the pandemic. Cape Town doing better, you know, recovered almost 66%. But I think we need to understand the likes of Cape Town as an example. I just the past month, month or so, how many conferences did we have in Cape Town? Mm. You know, you're mining in Daba, whatever you name it. You know, there are two oceans, marathon stuff like that. And unfortunately, when it comes to Trebek itself, when it comes to business travel, very few people are doing that. We know we're losing the likes of your Zoom, your know whatever Microsoft, and people have just realized. Oh, yeah, there was a time that people will travel just to go to a meeting overseas. And we've just realized because of COVID that, you know, some of these things are unnecessary. You know, you can still be able to have a proper engagement, you know, having a virtual meeting, stuff like that. And I think those regional airports, as they've said, it's all because of the opening up of the local tourism industry. People visiting friends, families. And remember, one will say, how do people afford to do that? Because we're complaining that the economy is not doing well. People were sitting on their farms for the past 18 two years. Yeah. They used some of the money, you know, to do renovations here and here. And people were just so desperate and eager just to go out. But it didn't show more, you know. Yeah. And they make a plan to do that. So the question is, is this sustainable? That's questionable because we know, as we just spoke about, tiger plans could know consumers are generally under threat. And we know that business tourism has always been big mm. and helping the industry and that is something which is kind of more sustainable when things get back to normal but yes it's all because of that could you know you go and see your cousin stuff like that and as you said i mean the likes of church i mean it's a given everybody wants to do the garden route mm. Look, man, I, I mean, I guess coming back to, to my earlier point, uh, everybody wants to do the garden route. I'm not sure why the numbers in Mangaunga up. I, I don't know what people want to go and do in the free state. Um, but to be fair to Mtata, they, they, they wouldn't appear in this data because they um, are under the Eastern Cape Department of Transport and not the airports company of South Africa. So uh, I was already anticipating fire and shade. But Mark, I guess what AXA is saying here is that a big part of even their own operational and financial recovery might come in the next while from their smaller airports rather than the big international airports which um, I guess always are are the destination for arrivals for, of people who are coming for you know travel business event type uh, uh, travel rather than I guess those who are coming for leisure or going to meet their loved ones. Sure, and I think that itself it tells you that AXA now has to upgrade and make sure that those airports are proper. And anyway, 
the operational cost of those airports compared to your big guys, you know. Mm. It also makes sense that those guys will not just have a recovery point of view, but also that will help them when it comes to the expenses. But I think they need to pay more serious attention to that because anyway, it's only well and good to rely on international travel, but it's also of paramount importance to encourage local travel to make sure that even your facilities are up to scratch. And hey, truth be told, people who've been traveling now lately, they'll tell you about the delays that they've been having with planes now lately that we get to be delayed for two or three hours, you know, but unfortunately, there's nothing much you can do and you can see even the prices have gone up, you know, but unfortunately, if you were desperate then you end up paying that. But handsome thing going forward, I don't think we'll see a repeat of this unless if the economic condition changes because now people are trying to save as much as they can. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess it's one of those things, but also, I mean, some of these smaller airports uh, probably have lower overheads, lower operational costs as a proportion of some of their arrivals and uh, the taxes that might be collected or allocated to them. So I guess it's understandable insofar as that is concerned. But um, Mark, today is Africa Day, and it's a real pity, I guess, uh, some of the big stories on the news wires, insofar as some of our economies are concerned, have a lot to do with, uh, I guess... um, Things that aren't on the nice side of things. So let's maybe start off with the horrible story coming out of Glencore. Uh, and I have quite a bit to say about them because they are a trader of uh, commodities, minerals, fuels, food. Um, and it seems in all of, in, if not many of the places they would have operated, that uh, there was a systemic culture there um, for the last while, um, which was aimed at looking at bribes in order to butter up the conditions for them to make a good profit in those places. But as I said, unsurprising if one thinks about the origins of Glencore and how it uh, became one of the most recognized commodities traders across the world. True that, you know, but it's very disturbing, you know, to be associated with bribery, to say it's part of your DNA. And these things were even done with the approval of the company. I don't know if you remember that we were all excited, you know, when this guy started listing in 2011. I think it was one of the biggest IPOs that we've seen, you know. All to think that this guy has been doing business in a very, very uh, 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 illegal way. I mean, this is just so illegal. I mean, fixing the prices when it comes to burn uh, crude. I mean, I mean, the U.S. fuel price benchmarks. Those are very critical. I mean, uh, apparently, it has been doing that for almost eight years. That's just too bad. Fixing you know? the price of uh, food. I, I mean, how do you do that? Yeah. You know, I mean. A big company like that, you know, that, yes, they do have the balance sheet. They can make provision. And I think by Atelela, you know, this guy's even February, they already made a provision of that $1.5 billion for a settlement, which, you know, will settle. You know, mm-hmm. it, cannot, it cannot just carry on like that. And, guys, by the way, the guy who just was one of the CEOs, you know, remember this guy has been rated among the richest in the world. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, I was making the South African connection, Mark, earlier on. I mean, Ivan Glassenberg's tenure as a CEO is still one of the largest shareholders in the company. Coincides with the timeline that the company is putting down. But my other further fear was that at some stage, I, um, I mean, we heard this in the Zondo Commission, uh, President Ramaphosa um, at some stage was either, I guess, a BEA partner or something like that at Glencore um, around the same time. Now, of course, the bribery allegations... Uh, don't cover, or nor does the investigation in the UK and the US cover South Africa. 
Um, but I mean, surely I guess him and the members of the Air Consortium uh, would probably have some view on this uh, at this point. But uh, yeah, my point is the guys did bribery in some few countries, right? Whether it's your Cameroon no, or whatever. A few countries have been investigated. A few countries have been investigated. We cannot say with any certainty whether they didn't bribe or did not bribe in other countries. We can't say that. But let, let's give them the benefit of a doubt. Let's say they didn't bribe. <laughs> okay. They only bribed in Cameroon, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, and South Sudan. But to the benefit of who? To the benefit of the general shareholders. Mm. Whether a shareholder in South Africa or in Switzerland or in the UK. Because it was not just for the benefit of the local shareholders. And you are right, I'm taking your point. Only few countries have been investigated. And I think the likes of Switzerland as well are looking into that. The Danish government as well also looking into that. But it could have happened in some few countries, but to the benefit of all the shareholders, uh, profits went up, dividends went up, share prices went up. Who benefited from that? All the shareholders. Yeah, hey, hey, Mark, yeah, no, this it's is not a tough to be one, big, man. you know, because <clears throat> here they are. The share price was down only 1.2% because it's already been factored in, and people like this, and we've seen it, it happened with banks. People say we'll pay a penalty, then that's mm. it, they away. Yo, now, now, what Mark, what Pioneer when they were fixing trade? Oh, of course, yeah. When they went what and... happened with the big construction companies? Look at the latest settlement yeah. that they just did with the city of Cape Town. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they even went and created something called the Voluntary Rebuilding Program, those construction ones. <laughs> but the funniest one in South Africa, I must still say to this day, was the bread guys who met at an Kerk <laughs> somewhere in the Free State. Uh, and they Where are say, they today? I, I don't know. Have they, they said, gone to jail? No, they went no, and they're met. still operating. They're still okay. Yeah, yeah. Company's still operating. Yeah, yeah. The guys are out there. They don't have criminal records, you know. That's it. They met in a kerk vergadering. That's what they called it. <laughs> to go and fix the price of bread over Christmas. Of to all times. It's a crime scene. Yo, yo, yo. Makwe, just another one I want us to look at on our continent. Uh, I think a few weeks ago we were speaking about questions of monetary policy. We started out in India. We were out in Zambia a few days ago on the back of much better than expected copper prices, which um, are making things look a lot better for Hakainde Hichilema and his executive there. Uh, and now we shift out uh, where Governor Emefiele out in Nigeria looking to hike rates. Uh, and uh, I think they have hiked rates. And uh, he also, I guess, has some intrigue around him because he was hoping to run for president. Yeah, but he pulled out of this whole thing. But the question still remains that will the guy still be neutral going forward? Because we know he was running for the very same ruling party. But yeah, I think for me it's not a big thing to make out of this whole thing. I mean, those rates are now sitting at 13%. For us, for them to say that by the end of the year, we should still taking another seven months or so, it will go to 14%. I mean, that's uh, a percent. And we've seen... The U.S. have started made the half a percent the new normal when it comes to uh, uh, increasing high uh, interest rates. South Africa followed suit. Today, mm. New Zealand did the same thing, increasing by half a percent. So, yeah, it's a given that it will get to 14%. And for the very same obvious reasons that the other guys are using, inflation. It's just that for them, the inflation is kind of funny. is because of the falling Naira. Mm. And the falling Naira, because of politicians who wants to be voted in in February, 
buying those naira's in the black market. I mean, that thing is trading to almost six mm. compared to four seventy nine when it comes to the official one. So it doesn't look okay because these are the very same guys tomorrow who will be governing the very same country. I, naira needs its own school of financial economics. <laughs> Commodity prices, oil is on a good trajectory, but the naira is still getting a beating because politicians <laughs> are bribing their constituents in. Black market power, US dollars. People want power at all costs. Sure. At all costs. As long as they can be voted in, then they will sort out the mess later when they're in power. That's Tagatiwa Pe Africa. It's Let's leave it there, my brother. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Alas to Olim Nandima Sweet. Yes, sweet. Makwe Masilela, the Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Makwe Fund Manager, speaking to us tonight. Yeah, you might want to comment on that. I still.